0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, April 24th. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Sheriff's Office responds in high-speed chase. Capital Conversation talks high-stake decisions in Denver. A look back, a foray into San Juan mushrooming, and a mountain weather forecast. On the afternoon of Sunday, April 23rd, the Samigau County Sheriff's Office received reports of a reckless driver in the vicinity of Norwood Hill. Public Information Officer for the Sheriff's Office, Susan Lilly, says this alone is not far from the
1: ordinary. You know, it is not unusual to have reports of drivers driving dangerously. Um, We do get calls about people who are passing on a double yellow line, nearly causing head-on collisions. Um, And deputies make every effort to locate that vehicle, but often they are unable to locate or they're out of position.
0: This particular event, however, escalated quickly. As sheriff deputies responded, the individual did not pull over, but began to reach extremely dangerous speeds, resulting in a high-speed pursuit deputies, says Lilly,
1: were able to intercept the driver on Norwood Hill where he was traveling in excess of 70 miles an hour and a pursuit uh, ensued and when speed started topping off at 100 miles an hour, deputies disengaged for safety reasons.
0: Shortly thereafter, the car was found wrecked and the search continued on foot in the area north of the Miramonte Reservoir with nine deputies armed in full tactical gear responding. Lily explains the individual was apprehended after a citizen came to the deputies reporting a suspicious run-in.
1: When they received a call from a couple who said this uh, suspect came to them and said he was carjacked, and so uh, they gave their location and deputies were able to arrest him actually at gunpoint. And take him into custody.
0: All in all, the pursuit and apprehension of the individual took over three hours. The suspect in custody is a 41 year old man from Montrose County. Although a report of reckless driving is not unusual, the scale and scope of this event, Lily says, certainly makes it stand out.
1: What's unusual about this event? is it was a high-speed pursuit. There were several vehicles that were run off the road or, or reporting in nearly head-on collision. And uh, to have a pursuit that lasted this long at these high speeds is very unusual. It's also unusual for deputies to engage in a foot search armed in tactical gear, but this is what we train for. Our deputies are uh, regularly trained in, in all aspects of Uh, keeping the peace.
0: For much of the afternoon and early evening, Norwood residents were advised to take extreme cautions, avoid hitchhikers, and keep their doors locked. Lily adds residents of San Miguel County can stay current on public safety information by signing up for the emergency alert system and, Lily says, checking social media.
1: Follow us on Facebook, has regular updates on emergency situations, but nothing can replace that emergency alert system. Again, you can sign up for that on the sheriff's office uh, web page. You know, when we have an emergency, whether it's a mudslide or a public, another public safety event, uh, that's when we're going to send out those alerts as well.
0: And for those needing to report an incident, the number for dispatch is 970-728-1911. With the legislative session winding down, state lawmakers in Denver are beginning to face crunch time on some of their big priorities. In this week's Capital Conversation, KOTO's State House reporter Lucas Brady-Woods reports some major bills are facing an uncertain future. Hi Lucas, thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. And I understand at the end of last week... Uh, We were looking at some gun bills, uh, and there was some progress or lack of progress on those. Can you fill us in? The the biggest
2: ticket item last week, gun-wise, was this potential assault weapons ban. It was a bill that would have banned assault weapons here in Colorado, but uh, it was rejected by a legislative committee last week after a pretty epic hearing i will say it was voted down around one o'clock in the morning uh thursday morning after hearing testimony from over 500 witnesses this bill has had some struggles it hasn't appeared in committee until now towards the end of the session it's unclear what its support is like from even the democratic caucus as a whole and even from the governor and then three democrats voted against the bill along with all of the committee republicans so it was killed in committee.
0: Wow. And it seems that there are some other uh, gun control initiatives and legislation that are potentially faring better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's there's a bunch, actually. I think there was a total of eight
2: gun bills that were working their way through the legislature at at one point or another. There have been four that have been passed and are, are ready for Polis' signature. And a fifth bill that I believe will soon be headed to Polis' desk would ban ghost guns, which are guns that are sold in kits or that can be 3D printed in order and, and then assembled at home. And, um, and that's working its way through. It has a few more steps, but seems, seems like it has a positive path forward.
0: All right. And moving on to another issue, there was also a dramatic update late last week about the land use bill. Will you fill us in on uh, how legislators are dealing with that right now? Yeah. So, you know, the, the land use bill is part of this sweeping legislation
2: that would change zoning codes throughout the state in an effort to increase density, uh, housing density. And, you know, it is getting major pushback from stakeholders, in you know, especially local governments and communities. The Colorado Municipal League opposes it. The Colorado County's incorporated opposes it and the Colorado Association of Ski Towns is not on board either. And and that's actually despite recent amendments from the bill sponsor, it was supposed to be up in for a fiscal review this morning in the Appropriations Committee, but they actually never addressed it and have pushed it uh, postponed it again, which to me is a sign that the the bill sponsor knows that they don't have the votes for it to pass. And and if this didn't pass, this would be a major blow to both the Democrats' uh, legislative agenda, but also Governor Polis' legislative agenda.
0: So there are about two weeks left in this session, and it seems like uh, some of these big ticket items are now struggling to get over the finish line. Do you have any predictions for uh, what is left to come and what challenges remain?
2: There are, I think I saw the number today, there are over 320 bills still waiting on action at one point or another in the process. And, you know, we're exactly two weeks out from the last day of session today, which is May 8th. And I don't really see how they're going to get through all of the the bills. And I think that that is a somewhat of a result of you know, Republican delay tactics. And, and re- Republican leadership has told me in the past that this is sort of what they wanted to see happen, was delay things and push Democrats to pick and choose what legislation they can get through, which seems like that's what's happening.
0: All right, Lucas, thanks for chatting with us today. And thank you for this update from Denver.
2: Thank you so much for having me, as always.
0: That was KOTO's House Reporter, Lucas Brady-Woods. KOTO News was recently recognized by the Colorado Broadcasters Association for its excellence in news programming in 2022. This week, we're highlighting KOTO's award-winning stories from last year. Today, we have a story originally broadcast in August 2022, exploring the art, science, and wisdom of foraying for mushrooms. At an undisclosed location, off the highway somewhere past Trout Lake in the Lizard Head Pass, Art
3: Goodtimes is headed up into the forest. So we're just going to head in right into that spot there. There's a little creek that runs. If, you, if for some reason you get lost, you come to that drainage and just follow it down. Goodtimes, a poet from Norwood,
0: is renowned in and around Telluride. Today, he's headed up into these woods in search of mushrooms. Goodtimes has been mushroom hunting here since coming to Telluride some 40 years ago.
3: And then I was only there a couple months They had a job opening for uh, the Arts Council director. I applied. It was $5 an hour, so it it wasn't much money. It was only part-time. But it was a huge way into the community. It was so cool.
0: Shortly into his tenure with the Arts Council, Art got connected with some mushroom enthusiasts and mycologists from Denver. Soon enough, the Telluride Mushroom Festival began. It's been a Telluride staple ever since. But today, Good Times has brought me out Less to talk about the festival and more to learn the craft of mushroom hunting, which Good Times Explains is called foraying.
3: We actually, foraging is really plants and botany. Foraying is a mushroom term. So when we're hunting for mushrooms, we're foraying. And uh, all the mushroom clubs, the mushroom festival, all the mycological people, they all talk about foraying.
0: Crossing a meadow and climbing up a slope we approach a forest of spruce and fir. Good time says that mushrooms emerge and disappear quickly as weather conditions change
3: Now it's dry here this is a, this is worrisome so it hasn't monsooned for a couple days this dries out in a day or two That's the trouble with mushrooms that it's a very sensitive.
0: Despite the dryness, Good Times soon finds a deep purple mushroom with a creamy white underside covered in delicate, papery gills. He suspects it might be edible and performs a quick test.
3: What you do is you take a small bite of the edge of it, just a bit, and keep it in the front of your mouth for 15-20 seconds to see if it starts to burn.
0: We get no burning
3: sensation, so Good Times unwraps a wax bag and into the pot it goes. I'm not getting a burning. So this to me is serampolina. That's what I've heard. There's a lot of line up here. Um. Pressing deeper into the forest, Good Times discovers a
0: true treasure, chanterelles. Perhaps the most prized edible in terms of flavor, he explains that they must be carefully cleaned in the field with a brush and a knife.
3: Chanterelle is one of those mushrooms that you never want to wash. It loses its flavor. When you wash it, it washes out its water-soluble oils. That's why you you really need to field clean them. So you can pick other mushrooms and clean them at home, but not with chanterelle. The
0: labor and attention required by chanterelles are part of what is special
3: about foraying, Good Time says. And then when you have the patience to sit there, you have enough time to sing, tell stories, because like you get into this state where... You're just in tune with the world around you, and everything is alive. The mushrooms are alive. You know, you talk to everything, you sing, and you're part of it. It's really a powerful energy. After a couple of
0: hours, we have each gathered a small but promising harvest, and we make our way back down the slope. On the drive back to Telluride, Good Time says that the festival has come to honor all aspects of mushrooming, from mycological science to art. To the good old-fashioned mushroom foray
3: where it's more than just a conference like a maps or scientific it actually has the arts has poetry has music it's meant to be a whole body experience and getting out into the woods foraying is like so ancient dolores Lachapelle came one year and talked just about how important it was to go back to uh, an activity that is so ancient in our genes in our, in our tribe, in our people, in our genus. So um, that, that to me is really exciting as well.
0: The Mushroom Festival takes place in Telluride August 17th to the 21st. However, the mushrooms are already out there in the forest. If you head out on a foray, keep an eye out for Art Good Times. He might be out there, singing his song to the forest.
3: I woke up this morning with the sun in my heart, it's been shining all day.
0: For KOTO, this is Gavin McGough. In the past month, we've reported on the historic level of snowpack in the San Juans this winter. And as the thaw of spring gradually settles over the region, officials in San Miguel County are warning of a potential for flooding. Peak flows in the San Miguel River could reach 150% of normal this year, and property owners along the river are advised to take precautions against a flooding event. Those precautions include building berms, using sandbags, and checking on flood insurance, while also planning an evacuation route. The San Miguel County Sheriff's Office and its emergency managers are preparing for potential flooding events and taking stock of critical road infrastructure along the San Miguel. The town of Norwood has already seen a flooding event this spring. No serious injuries or grave damages occurred. But, says San Miguel County Sheriff Bill Masters, homeowners should be aware the risk has not entirely passed. He says, quote, The time to prepare is now. Unquote. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is pushing ahead on efforts to finalize its wolf reintroduction plan. The plan is currently in the drafting stage and CPW has released the latest version following its April meeting. The latest updates address damage caused by wolves to livestock as well as altering hunting regulations in Colorado in anticipation of the reintroduction program. CPW is also in communication with the Southern Ute Tribe which has sovereignty to manage its reservation lands as it sees fit. The acting director of CPW, Heather Disney Dugan says the agency is quote looking forward to continuing discussions on a tribal wolf management plan that would outline in detail the responsibilities of the state and the tribe, CBW CPW intends to adopt the finalized wolf restoration plan at its next commission meeting in early May. An abandoned and weathered green billboard has stood watch over a popular backcountry slope in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, for decades. It has become something of a local landmark. Now, the Forest Service is planning to dismantle the billboard. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KHOL's Hannah Merzbach reports, the plan has led to an outpouring of emotion from Jackson's backcountry community.
4: When I heard the big green billboard on top of Mount Glory was going to be taken down, I dropped everything. In Jackson, a town fueled by backcountry skiing, this was breaking news.
3: I might come up and handcuff myself to it when they're trying to take it down to try to stop them. It's a horrible thing.
4: That's the somewhat sarcastic Evan Flack. He's actually my roommate and was the only other person in the parking lot on a sunny afternoon on Teton Pass at the beginning of shoulder season.
0: It's absolutely devastating.
4: I'm more of a recreational glory skier. I've gone up a couple times this season, but Flack is hardcore. He goes up and snowboards down a couple times a week.
0: I still remember the first time I snowboarded down it, and I think that uh, it's a big reason why a lot of people choose to spend their winters out here.
4: Other than Snow King in downtown Jackson, Mount Glory is arguably the easiest way for locals to get in their uphill steps during the winter. The reflective green billboard can be seen just before you get to the top. You think you've made it, but there's one final push.
3: I think the best way to explain the billboard is it's kind of like the shrine of the past.
4: That's another avid backcountry skier, Sam Nierman. He says the billboard is a landmark on the 1,600-foot hike.
3: I think each moment you pass it, you feel like you've made it.
4: The billboard, which has been there for decades, was originally used to help connect landlines. But it became obsolete in the 2000s with satellites and other technologies. Later this year, the Forest Service says it'll be dismantled and flown away in a helicopter since nobody's maintaining it. Nearman's friend, Ben Rossiter, has been hiking the mountains since he was 11 years old. But he's not as nostalgic about the billboard.
3: Apart from being a cool holder, I holder, really, it, doesn't, it doesn't faze me.
4: Although locals lap glory before and after work, for many, the steep hike is still grueling.
3: My head's usually down. I'm huffing and puffing when I'm up there anyway. It's hard to look up and see the damn thing.
4: (laughs) But Rossiter is with a group of skiers on this sunny day who have a different take. There's a saying in Jackson, once you hike Mount Glory with someone, you're fast friends. But,
3: yeah. Until you go under the billboard.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The Forest Service hasn't said exactly when the billboard will come down later this year. But the ski season is wrapping up. So, when people take to Mount Glory next winter, it may be gone and they'll need to find a new way to bond. Hannah Mersbach, K 12 News.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the Western San Juans calls for a chance of mixed precipitation tonight, ending early and followed by clouds and a low near 30 degrees. Snow is likely Tuesday afternoon, followed by a cloudy night. For Tuesday, the forecast high is near 45 degrees, with a low near 25. Wednesday calls for partly sunny skies, with a high near 50. And Wednesday night should be mostly clear, with a low near 25. This has been the news for Monday, April 24th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries.
5: Hi, this is Dan Enright, Vice Chairperson of the San Miguel County Democratic Party, and I'm here to help solicit applications for the interim position for County Commissioner. Uh, Hillary Cooper has announced her resignation to move on to a job working for the state, and so we, the vacancy county, are <laughs> we, the vacancy committee of the San Miguel County Democratic Party, are seeking applications to fill that seat for the rest of her term, which will end in January 7th of 2025. Uh, there is a number of qualifications that a person must meet. They must be at least 18 year old, 18 years. They must be at least 18 years old and they must be a registered Democrat since at least April 2022 and they must reside within the district 1 of San Miguel County, which includes most of the town of Telluride as well as the north side of the spur and uh, the Deep Creek Mesa area as well. Uh, Interested parties can send uh, an email to the San Miguel County Democratic website, which is smcdems.co at gmail.com. Again, that's smcdems.co at gmail.com. In that email, please include a confirmation that you meet the qualifications, as well as a description of relevant experience and why you are interested, as well as your contact information. Applications will be received until May 8th of next month at 5 p.m. So you have uh, another couple weeks when I'm first recording this, if it airs later. Again, that date is May 8th uh, of 2023, and we, the vacancy committee, will select a replacement no later than May 18th. Thank you so much. Looking forward to any and all applications and talk to you soon.
6: Hola a todos. Soy Sol y trabajo con True North Youth Program. Atención a todos los adolescentes que viven en los condados de San Miguel y Montrose. ¿Estás buscando trabajo de verano? No busques más. True North va a ofrecer un portal de empleo con puestos específicos para adolescentes disponible en nuestro sitio web. Estas listas se publicarán el 12 de mayo a las 4 con instrucciones específicas sobre los puestos disponibles, con quién ponerse en contacto, cómo solicitar un empleo y más. Además del Portal de Empleo de 2023, el personal de True North te puede ayudar a preparar un currículum profesional y competitivo, practicar entrevistas y explorar formas esenciales de etiqueta laboral para ayudarte a tener éxito. Puedes ver el Portal de Empleo de 2023 en nuestro sitio web True North Youth slash Jobs Board y te puedes comunicar con True North en cualquier momento para recibir ayuda en la búsqueda de un trabajo por llamar a 970-708-1986. Muchas gracias.
0: Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Codo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.